Hello, and welcome to Trending Peoria. I'm your host and proud Peoria Unified alumna, Sarah Meredith, and I'm so eager to take you on this journey as we learn more about the importance of public education and the amazing work our staff do every day to ensure every student is prepared to not only meet tomorrow, but to help shape it as well. What's currently trending in Peoria Unified? The pride we have for our staff. Each year, we honor the top 1% of all employees during our annual recognition called the Pride of Peoria. This is an amazing time where we get to learn a little bit about the amazing things our staff do and the impact they have on our community. Today, I'm sitting down with two outstanding winners of the Pride of Peoria Award, including one of our Rookies of the Year, as we learn a little bit more about the why behind what they do and the countless ways they continue to serve our community. Joining us now is Mr. Scott Hollibaugh, Rookie of the Year and current principal of Centennial High School. Prior to serving Centennial as their principal, he was an assistant principal both there and at Raymond S. Kellis High School. And prior to that, he served as an English teacher at Sunrise Mountain. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Trending Peoria, Mr. Hollaba. Um, we are so eager to have you here to talk a little bit about what winning that Pride of Peoria Rookie of the Year award meant to you. Do you mind by starting our conversation off with what was that feeling when Prize Patrol showed up in your office that day? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. It was a huge surprise. Um, my mom was visiting from... Ohio and uh, she was supposed to fly home that morning and so uh, when she walked into the Centennial Library with Dr. Reynolds and Mrs. Lopez Lira and and uh, other district representatives um, I was really really surprised and it was, uh, it was you know it was really nice we've had a um, as everybody has had this year across our district and across really the world it's been a challenging year in education um, and so you know, reading some of the letters that you know uh, that people wrote um, in support of the award, it was it was really gratifying, and uh, I feel really lucky to be part of the team that we have here at Centennial because um, our teachers and staff members battled all year to provide outstanding service to students, and so I feel like that award um, represented um, a lot of their very hard work as well. Definitely, and I um, I took some time to read some of those letters too, and one of the things. Um, that was just said over and over again was how as soon as our world completely changed last March, you were trying to find solutions for your teachers. You were trying to think in overdrive, really, what was the best way we could continue to serve our students and then just your leadership skills that you had through all of that. Is there anything um, that you kind of point to and you're like, this is why I'm in education. Or this is why I work so hard on behalf of my school every day. Uh, you know, I I find the idea of public education very inspiring. Um, I feel like our schools really determine the success of our society and our democracy. And so um, I think it's, it's just a, a tremendously important part of our country's success to be involved in public education. And I feel like that's how most of our teachers feel too. They know that the work they're doing um, is is on behalf of everyone. Um, and so I, I get fired up thinking about just, you know, when we do our job well um, in Peoria or at Centennial, um, you know, we're serving our community and keeping it safe. 
um, and helping to make it better. Um, and so that, you know, whether I, as an English teacher, and that's what I did for, for most of my career, I taught English um, at Sunrise Mountain and elsewhere. Um, you know, I, I felt that way then, just like I do now, that, that uh, you know, what we're doing is really on behalf of, of everyone. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think um, that thought that you have when it comes to public education and, and how integral it is to our community um, and the way you see that passion that you have play out too is something that makes you such a great leader um, and such and so deserving of this award. When you think about your career, you started off as an English teacher. You were my assistant principal. I don't know if you know this when I was at Kellis for a couple of years. Um, so is there any time that you think it, back on your career um, where you felt most gratified doing that work? Uh, you know, it, yes. I mean, it really, every place that I've been at um, has given me new opportunities to have an impact. Um, I, I think that probably one of the most gratifying opportunities I had was at Sunrise Mountain as a student council advisor, um, just because it really changed my the trajectory of my career and made me interested in leadership um, because I got to work with student leaders and help them realize their goals. And so I think that process of of engaging with them in service projects and in school spirit projects and planning events and you know building new traditions but also maintaining older ones um, it really got me interested in leadership and so I feel like if I had not had the opportunity to work with those students um, I, I might have just continued teaching English with which also would have been great um, but you know it was it was uh, an experience that really changed my interest and, and uh, pushed me toward seeking school leadership positions. Yeah, so. it's kind of, it's like one of those moments that um, at the time it may feel very small or very, very big, but then it kind of, it does change the trajectory of your life or your career. Um, what to you, like I said, reading those letters, it was, um, you, you got a really great picture of who you are as a leader. And um, that kind of humble, thoughtful leadership that you bring and that calming sense that you bring to your campus, um, especially during this year of a pandemic and so many unknowns, what does leadership look like to you? Well, I think of leadership as service. Um, I think that, that if you're in a leadership position, that your primary job is to, to be there to support people um, and help them do their jobs well. And so, um, you know, when, you know, when we think of a year like this one um, where everything was flipped upside down and people had to really rethink how they did every aspect of their job um, and they needed more time and they needed, you know, more resources in terms of technology and certainly training. Um, I think our jobs this year were to be there to, tr to try to provide those things and then also, um, just walk with people um, and help them get where they need to go. And so, you know, I think that's that's what what every leadership team throughout our district did this year is, um, you know, understand the challenges that that everyone was facing, and then try to come up with plans to support people so that they could meet those challenges. Um, so hopefully, you know, people feel 
cared for and well served. Um, I think that's, you know, those are keys to, to being an effective leader. Definitely. And, and I love that you talk about, you know, you came in and you walked alongside your team, you walked alongside your students and you, you helped to meet them where they were because, um, we all know that this pandemic has affected people in a myriad of ways. And so it was really important to start this school year meeting people where their comfort level was. Everyone was kind of on a spectrum of how they felt um, going into this school year. And so that work is very important and integral. Um, how do you see some of those leadership shifts and um, culture changes on your campus continuing to impact you either next year or something that maybe you keep doing forever because you just saw it as so successful. Yeah, well, I think we've, we've learned so much about, about how to utilize technology to uh, provide instruction, but then also to enhance instruction. And so I think that, that uh, teachers all over um, have probably decided that there are going to be things that they've done this year that they'll continue to do in future years. Um, and, and that's exciting. I think that in, in previous years, it might have been possible to treat, you know, technology professional development is, is optional, right, or kind of just like a fancy thing that you might do if you um, want to um, add some more bells and whistles to, to your, your lessons. I think now it's pretty clear that it's essential that our students uh, you know, be engaging with technology. And I think it's likely that it's going to be part of how, you know, their college delivers instruction and um, how they can expect to have instruction delivered even in future years from high school. So, um, and I think one of the great things this year that we all learned about ourselves and certainly our students learned about themselves is, is their ability to adapt. I'm so proud of our students. You know, I think sometimes uh, an outsider's perspective might be, um, you know, that that it was nothing but struggle. Um, and I think to the contrary, what we saw is students persevering and finding a way to still achieve and grow and learn. And there definitely were struggles, um, you know, and, and those struggles will, will uh, be challenges for us in coming years. I mean, we've got to address learning deficits in those those kinds of things. And certainly there have been social emotional impacts on students as a result of the pandemic, but I think, uh, and, and on our staff, on all of us, right? But I think we realized this year that we can do very difficult things um, when we support each other um, and work together. Um, and so I'm excited to see how we can, we can continue to progress because I feel like it's gotta get better from here. You know, there, there are great signs ahead that maybe we're headed for a more normal school year. Um, but even if we have a more normal school year, I think we're going to be uh, strengthened by the year that we just had um, in in ways, you know, not just with technology, but just in, in what we know we can handle as people uh, moving forward. Definitely. And I, I know people often say like, oh, if you're having a bad day, just go sit in a kindergarten classroom. It'll, it'll change your perspective and totally brighten it. Um, but for me, a lot of that comes when I get to go visit our high schools and see how um, resilient our students are, seeing how um, innovative they are, how much the 
they're just eager and excited and they're finding solutions. And it is something really powerful, um, especially coming off this year that we've had to, um, to be able to talk to some of those students and just that sense of knowing that they're ready for whatever happens in life um, because of the support that we've provided them over this year. Um, and I know so much of that has to do with the support inside the classroom, but also from leadership down, um, because that if the teachers don't feel supported, they're not able to support to the best of their abilities. And so that is really powerful how your campus has really been able to kind of come together through all of this. And I, again, I couldn't agree with you more that it is when we all come together that we're able to do these really hard things um, and that doing it alone it isn't as um, practical or um, and doesn't necessarily always work. And so when you look at your campus and you look um, kind of at, at where you've been, but also where you're going, what are some of those next big and exciting steps and things that you're looking forward to? Because I know you won this as a rookie of the year, technically. Um, so what are some of those things now that you're no longer considered a rookie that you're looking forward to? Well, I, you know, we're, we're definitely looking forward to um, just reinvigorating our, our campus as we head into the next year um, and getting kids back into some of the, the traditions and school spirit that typically um, you find in a normal high school year. One of the things that we know that, that we've experienced is that a lot of our, you know, certainly this year's freshmen, but also last year's, soft, last year's freshmen um, have had such an abnormal experience and they're gonna, we're going to have to work hard to sort of teach um, about half of our student body you know what what it means to be a high school student and the sorts of um, activities and traditions when you think of like assemblies and football games and service projects uh, and club activities so many things were put on hold not just this year but during the second half of last year and so there's this this deficit that we know that we have to address. And so we're excited. We have opportunities this summer um, to bring students onto our campus and do summer bridges programs to um, incorporate our eighth graders um, into the life of our campus. But we know that some of those efforts also uh, need to be present for our, our freshmen and sophomores. And so um, I think we have you know, a team of teachers and staff members um, and administrators on our campus who are fired up about just kind of getting back on the horse and, um, you know, and, and reinvigorating our campus and its culture and bringing back some of those things. So I think that's one of the, the big challenges. And then also, you know, it was such a, um, a challenging year in terms of instruction um, because we had to make all kinds of changes to continue serving all of our students, whether it was with online instruction or concurrent instruction where teachers had um, you know, to teach the students in front of them in a room, but then also teach students virtually uh, through, the, you know, a webcam um, at the same time. Uh, you know, we had both of those things going on in addition to just regular classroom instruction, which, um, as you know, is challenging enough. And so, um, we, you know, looking to next year, uh, we're going to have separate experiences, but I think we're, we're in a situation where we're better equipped and better trained and just better prepared to do um, 
a greater job with those challenges. So um, I think it's lots of great things ahead going into next year. Lots of very exciting things um, going into next year for sure. What, when I know you mentioned that there's some traditions you're really eager to get back to, what are some of those traditions and experiences um, that to you make Centennial so special and you're so excited to have again next year? Yeah, well, one of the big things that comes to mind is football games, right? We we just finished uh, a year at Centennial where we were not able to have a student section. And, um, you know, like, my, like most high school campuses, uh, football is uh, a unifying um, event at the beginning of each school year where the students all come out on Friday nights and cheer for the team and the band and the spirit line. And um, it plays a big role in um, getting you off on the right foot in terms of school spirit and unity um, and coyote pride. And so I'm excited to um, you know, start this year with students being able to come, not, not just to football games, but to all kinds of public events that last year they weren't able to come to. And so whether it's you know the play um, or a dance concert, you know some of those things were canceled, uh, like our dance concerts in fall semester, um, or the audiences were heavily restricted to just parents, um, you know, like our our fall play and those kinds of things. And so I think it's so important that our students have that opportunity to connect with each other and build relationships through engaging in activities, but then also to appreciate their classmates' talents. Um, and a lot of times that goes a long way in motivating students to try out for a sport or to join a club or um, to take a chance and uh, begin performing in, in uh, in the arts somewhere. So we're excited to offer those opportunities again. Um, you know, and obviously this year was a year where we found ways to do the best we could with regard to audiences and participation. Um, so a good example would be like Centennial hosts the Relay for Life every year, which is um, we're honored to host it on behalf of the American Cancer Society uh, for the entire West Valley. Uh, but traditionally that's an all day and sometimes even all night event that takes place in the stadium. Um, with tons of people and fundraisers and activities. Um, and this year we had to do a curbside relay for life, which was still great and still raised a lot of money on behalf of the American Cancer Society, but it will be nice to next year, um, hopefully get back to a, a situation where we can have um, a more traditional experience. Um, our students learn so much from service opportunities and so, um, this year, they learned that uh, you know you have to to find a way and maybe trim things down a little bit in order to stay safe. Um, and hopefully next year we're in a situation where uh, we're safer and can return to some of those traditions. Yeah, that's that is one of the things to probably be the most excited about when it comes to next year. It is it's that kind of returning to normalcy, um, especially with football games and all of those extracurricular activities and service activities that those are, I know for a lot of our students, they may not remember everything that they learned in algebra two or biology, but they do remember those bonds that they made and those experiences. Um, and those for a lot of our students too, are where they find their passions that then drive them into college and career readiness as well. Um, so that's really amazing that that gets to come back um, again next year. Um, another thing I noticed when I was reading the letters that were written on behalf of you 
was that your staff just time and time again said how blown away they were by your eagerness to plan um, professional development for them and set up mock classrooms so that you knew what their experience was going into this unfamiliar school year. Can you talk a little bit about A, why professional development is so important to you as a leader and B, what that looks like for your campus? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we all want to feel like we're effective in our work and that we're um, that we're improving and growing. Um, and so I think professional development in, in any profession is essential for people to feel, um, you know, validated and to enjoy their jobs. Um, so this year, the, the big piece was technology and it was about trying to, to quickly model um, the sorts of things that the teachers could do um, to meet the challenges that we faced um, in serving students, right? So um, we came back to campuses on September 28th um, and we had to quickly figure out how were we going to provide, you know, concurrent learning for some students who were at home um, and some students who were in front of us. And so um, we worked together as a team to come up with plans for what we needed to purchase and then provided training for utilizing web webcams and uh, headphones and all of those kinds of things um, so that so that we can be ready for students. Um, you know, and so I think that moving into next year, it it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see what we can pivot to now that we've we've got all this technology under our belt and choosing some other areas for for professional growth. But you know it's 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 essential that we have PD in in any area in which in which we want to achieve and do well. Um, and so uh, our teachers then turned around and, and really taught our students how to learn online and how to engage with technology. And so, um, I, you know, we had to model for them some of the processes they could follow, but I'll tell you, um, and this is not an exaggeration or being humble or anything like that. Our teachers have done amazing things with technology. You know, um, a lot of them were way ahead of us um, when we met this challenge and they helped to train the staff. Um, we had teachers holding after school or, or breakfast time technology training sessions showing each other how to use, use online tools or how to better utilize Teams or Zoom or whatever platform they were using. So I'm blown away by the collaboration on our campus and how we had so many teachers step up to offer their help to other people who found themselves, you know, um, with their nose just above water. And right. if we didn't have that, that level of collaboration and you know, just the, that sense of being in it together, it would have been a much more difficult year. But our, our staff is connected and they care for each other and they care about this place, right? They want um, Centennial, whether we're in a pandemic or not, um, to live up to uh, its reputation as an excellent school. Um, and so I'm, I'm very grateful for them for that. That's Again, just amazing to hear. Um, and a lot of that too is, I mean, a testament to your leadership and the kind of culture um, that you develop on your campus and making sure it's collaborative and that knowing that when I succeed in my classroom over here, we succeed as an entire school and, in, and as a community. Um, and I think that's something that's very special. And that is very true too of Centennial. It, their reputation certainly um, 
goes miles and miles outside of their own community with just how phenomenal your sports programs are, your arts programs. Um, I remember being a student and always being in awe of how just there was so much um, culture and like school spirit at Centennial. And that is so exciting to hear too, that um, you're continuing it and growing it and making it something deeper. Um, and it's just so special to any student who walks through your doors. Um, I do, I just want to thank you again, Scott, for joining us today uh, for this interview. I really appreciate it. And again, I cannot thank you enough for your commitment to our students and to our schools and just having that humble leadership every day that helps to make us successful as a district. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Joining us now is Melissa Anderson Lawrence from both Desert Valley and Canyon Elementary, where she currently serves as an instructional coach. Prior to being a coach, Mrs. Lawrence was a art teacher and second grade teacher in Peoria Unified. Welcome, Melissa, to Trending Peoria. We are so excited to have you here this week as we get to sit down with a couple of this year's Pride of Peoria winners and talk a little bit about what that recognition means, um, but more importantly, why they love what they do every day. Before we get too in-depth with our conversation, do you mind telling us a little bit about the work you do as an instructional coach here in Peoria Unified? Yes, thanks, Sarah. Um, as an instructional coach, it's kind of under three different umbrellas, and that is, of course, supporting our new teachers in the district and being a mentor to them. Also servicing the schools that um, I am at and the initiatives that the school has and um, at a district level as well through professional developments. Perfect. And you currently serve um, both Desert Valley and Canyon, correct? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I was actually, before we got started, I was reading some of the letters that were written for you on behalf of that Pride of Peoria nomination. And one of the things that was so refreshing to read and so heartwarming was that both campuses had the exact same things to say about you, which is every day you, you start the day with a smile and a hello friend and how are you doing and kind of that positive attitude. Do you think kind of some of those um, more personable things that you do help you in your role as an instructional coach? Um, well, first of all, thank you for that acknowledgement. I appreciate that. And, and absolutely, I think that just like when we're in the classroom supporting our students, those relationships have to come first. That's a huge part of my job is um, having relationships on any campus that I step onto. And greeting people with a smile, I think, always sets a positive tone for everybody's day. I think that I truly love what I do and that just shines through throughout the day as well. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, and it totally shone through in all of the letters that um, were written on your behalf for that nomination as well. Um, as an instructional coach, I, I, that's a very unique role that you have in a teacher's classroom too, because 
unlike the principal or assistant principal, you're not there in any sort of kind of supervisory role. You're really there to come alongside them and coach them and help them grow in their role. Um, is there a specific time you can think of where you really felt like you've seen that growth, you've seen what your coaching has been able to do in the classroom and just kind of like a shining point of pride for you in this current role? Well, that's a great question. This has been such a unique year for us with the pandemic. Um, and I am so proud of all of the teachers that I serve who just really rose to the occasion um, to meet the needs of our students. I am proud of all of them. Um, my boss, Nina, reminded us often as coaches to do the right work for right now this past school year. And oftentimes it had nothing to do with instructional coaching. It meant meeting the teachers in the place that they were in um, with empathy, putting people before the processes um, and not dehumanizing the work that we do because we're humans first and educators second. So I guess to answer your question, I am just proud of all of the teachers that I serve for rising to the occasion of such a difficult year um, during this pandemic and loving their children through it all. Yeah, well, and I think you bring up so many great points. And I, I too always love when Nina brings up like, we have to do the right work right now, because if we're projecting out six months from now or a year from now, some of those teachers who really need that support of an instructional coach right now, then aren't getting it. And so I think that's really, really powerful. And I think it's really powerful too, to see how you individually as a coach, but also your whole team have kind of done this massive work of supporting all of the teachers where they are right now in the midst of this pandemic and meeting their needs. Um, and I know you also mentioned that you help at the district level with professional development. How has that kind of pivoted this year as well for you? That's a great word. I feel like pivot has really been the theme this year, um, which is funny. It always reminds me of the Friends episode when they're moving the couch. That's the image that I get through the stairway. <laughs> I think it's a good source of comedic relief because I think everyone thinks of that with that word. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so as far as a coach, oh my goodness, the beginning of the school year, we were both... Uh, <laughs> building the virtual plane and flying the virtual plane at the same exact time as coaches were learning Florida virtual and how to navigate through teams and um, how to help teachers engage students through a virtual environment, but teaching ourselves along the way um, also. So starting the school year out in that capacity was very interesting. That honestly feels like five years ago, not just back in August. So that was one way we really had to pivot. And then focusing some of those PDs on more um, like reading books like The Learning Playbook or um, Weston Kieschnick's Bold School, just trying to figure out ways to combine all the great things we already know about teaching, but into a virtual classroom setting. So that was our big pivot this year. A hundred percent. And I think too, and part of why you were nominated for this 
award was that high um, degree of like striving to always learn and to always grow. And that was another thing that I really saw kind of throughout those letters was that you aren't only invested in helping yourself grow as a professional, but making sure every teacher you interact with grows. Every classroom that you go through and help to coach through something grows in some way. And so I think that growth is something too that just, through, granted, it's been a crazy year where we've all had to grow in such exorbitant ways, but you've really been a stellar example of that. Is there like um, something in particular that kind of makes you yearn for that growth and continue to seek out more educational opportunities? Um, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. I feel like as educators, we just are lifelong learners. That's who we are as people. Um, what really helps me to strive to continue to grow is, is my why. It's, it's the children. It's I have been in the field of education for about 23 years now, wearing many different hats and many different roles, and it has always stayed the same, and that's our children. Um, as an instructional coach, I have this unique opportunity that calls me now to love our students through our teachers. If I can fully love our teachers, through supporting them and encouraging them and giving them growth opportunities, as well as kindness and grace. Um, teachers in turn can fully love our students. So that's a really unique role that I have as a coach. Um, I love the teachers so they can love our students. And one of my favorite educational quotes, and I might mess it up a little bit, but the gist of it is, is that if, if students are unresponsive, maybe you can't teach them yet, but you can love them. And if you love them today, maybe you can teach them tomorrow. So I feel like the same holds true for our precious teachers and the teachers that I serve who are so valuable. Um, just loving them. And that's, that's really my why. That's amazing. Tr truly. That's, it, it kind of is at the core of the why I think behind what, um, a lot of people do in public education. It's that love and that underlying passion to, um, and that, that thought that at the end of the day, the work that you're doing, it does have an impact. And I know um, transitioning out of the classroom and into a coaching role, it, it must be hard. I've had, uh, my mom is a content coach and I've had these conversations with her that sometimes when you're not in the classroom around students, you kind of lose some of that um, because for so many educators specifically, the students are the why, but kind of just how you frame that and the idea that, by supporting these teachers, they in turn support their students and that's still happening. And so the work that you're doing kind of in this more global way does make such a huge impact in our teachers and is a huge reason too why we're able to retain such amazing teachers in turn. Um, I know you have some things coming up with new teacher orientation. Um, do you mind talking a little bit about what that process looks like and kind of some of your favorite parts about that? 
Yes, absolutely. It is always so exciting um, to think about a new school year, a fresh year with new teachers coming in. Um, and, and the fun thing about NTO and in my role as a coach to support and mentor new teachers is that we really get to raise up the next generation of, of educators, which is a super cool thing to um, be a part of. Together we get to be the change we wish to see in public education. And hopefully that ripples out into the world as well. So when we welcome our new teachers through new teacher orientation, we're sometimes the first face that these teachers get to see in the district. And that's really fun for me because even though they come in as strangers, after we spend a couple days together, we continue those relationships throughout the school year, even if those teachers are not on my campuses that I immediately serve, I still keep in touch with them. Um, so I think that's what's great. They come in with such great passion and motivation and dedication to students. A lot of them are fresh out of college. Um, and just ready to take on the challenge of being the difference that they want to see. I, I again, couldn't agree with you more. Um, previously to working in the public relations department, I worked over in CNI and really supported some of that work for new teacher orientation. And it is, it feels like the first day of school, there's so much energy, there's so much eagerness, but as exciting as those three days are, there's also a lot of hard work that goes into them and happens during those three days with the professional development you guys offer. Um, and just kind of making sure, like Nina mentions, that all of our new teachers have the tools they need right now to be successful um, for those first few days of school. And that's just, so I, it just sets them on kind of that right foot um, to get started for the next school year. Yeah, for sure. And, and a lot of our work right now, as teachers are starting their summer, we're gearing up for that new teacher orientation, um, making sure that we have all the information we need concerning classroom management, those first few days of school, building relationships, um, and partnering with the content coaches to make sure teachers have everything that they need um, within the curriculum realm of teaching as well. So it is, it's a heavy lift for our new teachers. But again, I think their excitement and passion uh, helps carry them through those days that feel a little overwhelming as we bombard them with all this great information. <laughs> right. It is, it is that kind of heavy lift, but it, it is also at the same time, it is setting them up for success because um, you as a coach know this far better than I do, but some of those classroom management skills, if they're not ready at the beginning of the school year, they're hard to gain later on. Um, and so that work during new teacher is so valuable and so, so important. Um, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask you kind of one last question. You've been in education for over 20 years. You have kind of dedicated your life and your career to this. What is kind of one of the most rewarding things that at the end of the day always makes you feel good about this thing called public education that you've dedicated your life towards? Hmm, that's a great question. Hmm. I suppose it's what I always come back to and 
I feel like teaching called me. I did not set out to become a teacher. <laughs> um, it, I feel like it kind of chose me and it's because I want to know at the end of the day that what I'm doing, what I'm spending, this one life that I get makes a difference in the world. And I feel every day makes a difference. And that's what's so wonderful and so hard at the same time about education is that every single moment counts. And although that can be exhausting, it is also so rewarding. And the reason I get out of bed every day is because I know the work that I do makes a difference in this world. And that's beautiful. Um, I know education, it is one of those things, kind of like what you alluded to, where because every moment counts, it makes it so, so difficult to, because you want to cram pack every single little moment with full of learning and all of these things. Um, but I, I do I just reading these letters and all of the amazing things that your coworker said about you, you can really see kind of um, that legacy you've built and that warm environment, both at Canyon and Desert Valley that you've helped to foster and all the teachers you have helped to support in your current role. Um, I don't want to keep you too long because I know you have a fun and full day of preparing for new teacher orientation, Melissa. Um, so I just want to thank you again for joining us today on Trending Peoria. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. It's really been an honor to have this conversation with you, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Trending Peoria. We hope you learned a little bit more about some of our outstanding staff members and the why behind what they do. Join us next time. And in the meantime, you can visit us at peoriaunified.org slash trending Peoria or on Facebook and Twitter at Peoria Unified. Mm -hmm.